Hi, Jill. Hi, Steve. So, we had a long weekend. We did. Now, what did, uh, am I allowed to ask you what you did on your <laughs> long weekend? It's your private time, you know. Yes. Um, actually, I already mentioned it on Friday, what I was going to do, and I went up to Chris's parents' place, where the, they live in a very small community in northern BC on a lake they live. So mm-hmm. we just went up there and had a relaxing weekend where his mom fed us lots of food, baked four different kinds of cookies and homemade cinnamon buns and oat butter butterscotch oat squares and made three huge dinners and three huge breakfasts. And really, we just ate ourselves sick is basically what we did all weekend. <laughs> you know, um, I don't think I could do that. I, I don't think... I, I used to be able to. If I did that, I wouldn't sleep well. I would feel... I didn't. Ugh. I didn't. I, I actually uh, didn't sleep very well and woke up always feeling gross and swearing mm. I wasn't going to eat anything that day. And then just continued to eat right. and eat and eat because it's it's also good and it's just mm-hmm. there so mm-hmm. if if it's not there right in front of you you won't eat it but right. because it's just everywhere all the right. time well you have to eat for two you know well <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well not really i don't need to eat that it's more like eating for four. Oh yeah <laughs> you know it's funny that uh i guess traditional hospitality is that you you give your guests more and and take more, and, and won't you have seconds? No, I'm okay. No, no, please have more. What's the matter? Is it no good? <laughs> exactly. And I find uh, older generations are mm-hmm. like that more, mm-hmm. and often people of European descent, and mm-hmm. his mom is from the from the former Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. So, well, she was born in Canada, but her mm-hmm. parents came over mm-hmm. from there, and she was raised on a farm where mm-hmm. there was always baking, and they milked their own cows, and always lots of cooking going on. So she's like that. She She's happy when you're eating and when she's doing things for you. Right. So, uh, and, you know, there was just kind of a lot of sitting around, too. Mm-hmm. So, no exercise and a lot of food, which mm-hmm. doesn't make for a, a great combination. No, no, <laughs> but it's nice, too. And I'm sure that uh, his parents really appreciate oh. having you you guys up there. And so, oh, and we part have... of it is to do it for them, too, right? Oh, yeah. And it was lots of fun. Don't get me wrong. I love mm-hmm. it. And we mm-hmm. play cards for hours and we mm-hmm. watch movies and we, you know, visit. So it's very mm-hmm. nice. It's just oh, uh, I'm not well, eating too much today. No. <laughs> Try and recover. Get yeah. back into balance. That's right. Right. And what about you? What did you do? Well, you know, my wife is away. She went south where the weather's nice. Mm -hmm. So I'm up here on my own, batching it, so to speak. So, I mean, I spent some time at the computer. I did some, uh, there's been a a flurry of webcasts, partly because I have my new Mac and it's it's so incredibly easy to do them. And it's kind of fun to do. And I'm working on my Russian. I spent a fair amount of time on my Russian, actually. Uh, I discovered, you know, when I was in Riga not too long ago, I bought a bunch of Russian audiobooks, including four or five Russian audiobooks on Russian history. Fairly detailed, but I like history. So I figured it might be difficult for me now, but eventually, you know. And so I've been listening to it, having trouble understanding it, and then I looked at the name of the author. can't remember his name right now, but, uh, you know, I typed now, you know, I have a phonetic Russian keyboard. Because one of the problems with typing in Russian is that you've got to type on their keyboard, where you, you've got to learn all, the keyboard again, which is a terrible nuisance, right? But they have a phonetic Russian keyboard, so I type as if it's English, 
because you know that the Russian R looks like a P to mm-hmm. us, right? Mm-hmm. So I type R and it comes up R, but looks like a P. Right. Because that's the way the Russian R looks like a P and so forth. And there are a few areas where, um, you know, special, you know, characters that only exist in in Russian. And then I know where they are now. So it's easy for me to type in Russian. So I type the author's name. I can't remember the name. And lo and behold, it's available in ebook form. So I was able to download, and this is a massive book of history. I mean, massive. Like I've got, I've got four MP3 CDs, and this only covers from the year whatever, 1300 to 1700 or something. Mm-hmm. This is a massive work on Russian history. I don't know that I'll ever get through the whole thing, but it's fascinating. So I spent a fair amount of time going through this in Link, saving all these new words to Link, then listening to the text that I had been reading. So I did a fair amount of that. Mm. And uh, I was planning to go and... and uh, oh, and I cleaned up a bit. You know, old pictures and stuff. And we're, we've uh, got some new desks for the study that Carmen and I are going to share. And, and so that made me move a bunch of stuff. And there were drawers full of junk. So I was getting rid of junk. A few bags of junk went out to the, to the garbage. So, um, yeah, kept myself busy. And what do you do? I know Carmen is such a fantastic cook. So does she, does she do, do what some women do and leave you frozen meals in the freezer? Or does she just let you fend for yourself when she's gone? No, she made some things. Uh, I got tired. Like we had a great big pork roast. Like after a while, I'm tired of slicing the pork roast, you know. Eating the same thing Eating the same day. thing. And, yeah. and one evening I grabbed a barbecue chicken at the supermarket and took that home and mm-hmm. opened a, a nice bottle of wine and had that uh, but I, I must admit I you know if having spent the whole day at home I also like to go out at night so uh, there's a couple of places that I go here in West Vancouver where where you know they know me I know the people who who run the restaurant so I go in there and have a try to pick my way through a simple a simple meal there yeah so I did that as well but uh, sometimes I'll stay at home oh the other thing I watched four Russian videos <laughs> over the weekend <laughs> Videothon. <laughs> well, one was Anna Karenina because I'm doing I'm reading the book. Uh, one was uh, a, the Russian version of I guess it's called Ten Little Indians or something by Agatha Christie. Hmm. Um, and then one and two of them were stories about guys that are no. One is about a wife who is unfaithful to her husband and has this tremendous flaming affair and God knows what. And the and and it's a bit like a modern day version of Anna Karenina in a way. And the other one is about this guy who's got who never says no, and he's got a girlfriend on the side, and he promises to her, he promises to his wife. He's got some guy, you know, mooching on him, and he he, he can never say no to anyone, and he just has this tremendously complicated life. So anyway, there were four very different, and uh, I had a blast actually watching them. And you understood them for the most part with subtitles. With subtitles, yeah. So, But I understand a fair amount of the dialogue, and, and when I watched them the second time, I watched them with Russian subtitles. And I still follow along. Mm-hmm. So it's good. It's fun. I enjoy it. And it gives me a bit of the flavor of of Russian life, not so much on Karenina, but uh, certainly those two Russian movies were from the sort of 1980s, 80s, 90s. So you get a sense of, of life in, in Russia during this, which is fun. I mean, it's yeah. it's uh, very similar to life here. I mean, some of the rules of the game are different, but 
people and jobs and interacting and families and, and stuff like that. It's, They're it's not that of, much different than not us. Not so much different, except they seem to you know live, obviously, at much closer quarters mm-hmm. uh, than we do. In smaller accommodations, they're more on, you know, in each other's way <laughs> between in-laws and neighbors and one thing and right. another. Right, yeah. So it was fun. Oh, good. So, um, we have a short week. You know, the advantage of a long weekend is not only that you get three days off on the weekend, but you also have a short week. Exactly. Four-day work week. A four-day work week. It always goes fast, Mm -hmm. Uh, which can be good or bad, depends on how much work you have to do. (laughs) That's right. Uh, And so, I guess now maybe we'll just mention, before we finish, a couple of uh, questions that were asked on the forum. Okay. Recently. Um from our members, from Link members, Mm -hmm. and one was fair share. We usually say, my fair share. Mm -hmm. I've had my fair share. Mm -hmm. The sentence here was, I have seen more than my fair share Mm -hmm. of cargo shipping containers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was that posted that. I think it was a she Mm -hmm. uh, who didn't understand fair and share mm-hmm. together, which it doesn't make sense if you try to think of what fair means and what share means. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a phrase. Mm-hmm. And fair share means you've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. You've seen a lot of something. I mean, you sometimes hear people say, I have had more than my share. In other words... Uh, and it's normally, it's applied to something that's perhaps a little bit unpleasant. Mm-hmm. So you say, I have had more than my share of trouble. I have had more than my share of uh, interruptions today. I have had my fair share means the same. Right. My fair share means more than my share. Really as, as too much, much as, too many, too much. more than you would like. A- at least as much as I'm entitled to. Right. Like you're the 10th person who's interrupted me today. Right. I have had my fair share of interruptions. Leave me alone. I need to get back to my work. Right. Basically. Yeah. So in this sentence, the person is probably saying they've had their more than their fair share of, of uh, they've seen more than their fair share of shipping cargo containers. So mm. likely they're saying that they don't care if they ever see another one again. Mm-hmm. They've seen enough. Well, that's right. <laughs> or maybe that's what their job is, and today that's uh, they're not so happy doing it. Right. But maybe after a good night's sleep tomorrow, they'll be happy to get back into uh, cargo shipping containers. Right. Uh, the next one was somebody asked about uh, when we say to have, this example was to have a hamburger. Mm-hmm. I had a hamburger mm-hmm. at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was wondering if if have means to eat or to pick up or to take or, or what does it mean, which I guess is confusing. Very confusing. And, and I noticed that question was also put on our forum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's why we say, well, first of all, we should answer the question, to have a hamburger is to eat a hamburger. Uh, but wherever you can use a vague term and a more precise term, use the more precise term. Because that's where the expression, you can't have your cake and eat it too, is very confusing to people. Because, okay, once you eat the cake, you no longer have the cake. Right. But here, have a hamburger means... To eat the hamburger. Eat the hamburger. Or if, uh, if you come to my place for dinner with uh, 10 people, and I might say, does everyone have their hamburger? Have you got your, have, do you have your hamburger? And I have it. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I ate it. It no. means that I can see it. I have it on my plate. Exactly. In front of me. So. But 
You typically, yeah, I had a hamburger. But we usually I, use it meaning to eat. Right. I had a hamburger last right. night for dinner. That means I ate a hamburger last night. Right. I had a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. I had a hamburger. Would you like to have a glass of wine? Would you, exactly. Would you like a glass of wine? Right. Did you have a good time? I had a great time. You had a great time. <laughs> uh, did you have a lot of trouble finding my house? No, tr- I had no trouble at all. So these are some of the ways that that have is used. Uh, you know, again, it's just a matter of getting used to it. Uh, I am sure that there are grammar books that will give you the 15 different situations where have is used. Don't bother trying to remember them. Just get used to seeing them, and eventually, in these phrases, I had a hamburger. Do you want to have a hamburger? Um, you'll just get used to saying yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and the person did ask, ask too, if they could use the the verb took. And no, you can't say, I, I took a hamburger at McDonald's mm-hmm. last night. You take does not mean ate. ate. It doesn't mean the same thing as is to have in mm-hmm. this situation. You can say, I ate or I had. You know, there's some interesting ones here on the forum, which we could spend a couple of minutes on. These did come from the forum. Yeah, here's mm-hmm. one. The forum, by the way, is at link, link.com, obviously, L-I-N-G-Q.com. And uh, O-Jin found this uh, sentence. When you have disagreements, learn to disagree from the neck up. And he says, what does the neck up mean? Well, at the very least, it means don't start hitting each other. And I suspect that that's what he means. I would think so. I, I mean, that's not really very common. It's not common, no. I would think that they mean use... Mm-hmm. words rather right. than fists exactly. to, to solve your disagreement. Right. But it also suggests you're not to, allowed to, you know, wave your hands around and uh, make gestures. But right. So that's what that would mean. It, it, there you just take it literally uh, from the neck up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just use your head to, to disagree. Mm-hmm. Um, here was one as well. Many of you are aware of the issue of public transit. Why, just today on my way in from the airport question is what does this mean uh well this is first of all it's a part of a sentence it was meant to illustrate how in public speaking i remember this because i wrote it (laughs) in public speaking uh you want to sort of introduce the subject and maybe make reference to something that the people in your audience are familiar with so in this particular instance it's we're talking about public transport in this community and so I would have said, by just today, it just so happened today on my way in, and presumably I was then going to say it took me five hours when it should have taken me 15 minutes or something like that, So, and, and so that I can relate the issue of public transportation to something that, that the audience is familiar with. Mm-hmm. So it's not a sentence. It's not a complete sentence. So it's probably not a good example. Maybe I'll have to answer this because I don't think anyone else can. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe we'll do... Uh, one more here and we do encourage you and Jillian has answered this we do encourage you to use the forum Uh, and here uh, you know I had said uh, once I have a few ideas down it then becomes easier to start planning and organizing words influence ideas what does the word down mean it means to write down to write down yeah Yeah. get down on a piece of paper get down you see jot down down, write down down. and so you again it's that word have it's that word have. Once I have a few ideas down on paper, I have a few ideas down on paper. So have uh, is a very uh, useful word. Very common yep. verb, yeah. Which, you know, it's true in a lot of languages where the word have seems to, seems to, because it's so handy, people are lazy. 
So they use the same word in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, we've talked quite a while here, so we'll stop here. And we'll do another one on Wednesday. Okay, Jill. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.